top of the week to you, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. And we talk judging and MMA, so you should read the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, not everybody uh, is going to be aware of this, but uh, we uh, we had quite a time trying to get this intro done, huh? Bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> not really a tongue twister, just uh, it's late. Dan, Dan was in, in a different place, and he was, he was kind of all over the place with, with the intro that we've been doing basically the same way for, what, like a year now? It's been the same forever. It just—it's it, it's been a while. Didn't but, want to come uh, out. Hey, we have all—we all have those days, right? Yeah, it—it it, it wasn't coming out right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you weren't necessarily knocked out silly like uh, Dominic Reyes on Saturday night. Oh but, boy! But, I mean, you're sort of acting like something's a little funny. Yeah, I wasn't what, hit that hard. What a fight, though! What that a fight, was though! A great fight for however long it lasted. One everyone should watch. Absolutely. I mean, come on! If you're listening to this show and you didn't watch it like what are you doing <laughs> this is a niche show yeah this that this was a great fight fantastic i and just the just the fact that we got to see prohaska take a step up in competition and he passed it with flying colors i mean this kid i'm not gonna say he's like some sort of like you know goat track type fighter that's that's not fair but i mean i watch him and i'm like man is he the future even if, even if it's just the immediate future of the 205 pound division uh, he's, I think so. Uh, besides Jan, because I think he got hit a lot against Reyes, but someone with he the, gets hit a lot. Period. So, but has he fought someone with the power that Jan Blahovich has? The legendary Polish power. Yeah, I mean, if he gets hit by Jan the way he was getting hit by Reyes, it might be a different story. But for oh, now, absolutely. I mean, that that's a punch you don't want to take. I don't, you know, Dominic Reyes is is not known to be a uh, a knockout artist. He finishes. He can finish guys. He's got a lot of finishes. Uh, relative to his record but yeah it's not it's not that one punch ko thing and i think at some point yuri figured out it's like okay i can take these yeah he did get stung a bit but i mean yeah. it wasn't anything that was going to stop him from fighting the way he wants to fight which is pressure 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 yeah he got like a, he just got buzzed you know yeah i actually for a minute that up kick i thought when he went out when they they had a ground exchange, he got hit with an up kick, and he kind of went limp. It looked like, but he was just settling to side control. Apparently. Yeah, I didn't think that so, was what that was. I I didn't read it that way. Oh yeah, I, re- I read it like, oh my god, he got wa- he got rocked, but mm-hmm. he I guess he didn't. Or he sold it well, but not to you. You you saw through his ruse, maybe. <laughs> probably not. Probably, <laughs> I don't think it. He's happened. just probably melting into side control. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. Um, but yeah, man, I I I agree. I do think he is the short-term future of the division i you know i'm not gonna i don't want to just say that he's the person i would even pick to beat jan or glover to shara that has to uh, be next right they're not gonna jump glover no 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 they're not gonna jump glover it sounds like that one's basically already set up for september okay uh, i don't know why they're doing it in september i'm sure one of them i would i would assume uh jan probably said i don't want to do it until then um, and you know, that's fine, Right? he did. T- didn't he tell you he wanted six months off or he told someone he wanted, he wanted to take six months. I don't remember if he told me that or not, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he told me that he might have told it to someone else. That. I mean, that makes sense. Sure. If, if, if this is what yeah. the guy wants, his baby was just born. He was training. So I think I, I definitely know. I know that one thing he did tell me though, was that, uh, you know, his wife basically was doing all of the stuff while he was in training for his yeah. latest fight after the baby was born. Uh, and he said, "Okay, now it's going to be my turn." So he was he was paying uh, his wife back by you know taking taking the steps and and uh, doing all the daddy duties and stuff that he was not able to be able to fulfill while he was in a fight camp. Okay, so that is maybe one... it's related to that. You know, hey, uh, I've been there too. Uh, it's wonderful to be a part of uh, raising your little baby and having that that uh, time together. Um, but you know, it is what it is. It just means that the division gets held just a little bit longer. But he'll get two fights in this year. It's not that bad you know i'll give him a pass <laughs> I'm, I'm glad i'm glad he gets a, a pass from dan urban uh, but yeah I do, I do think that it sounds like he is most definitely the challenger in weight um or if something comes up maybe that affects say either Jan or glover well, maybe I, they would book him into that fight i don't know i'd like him to stay busy before his title shot i'd like to see him fight rackage 
Even though he's the I, guy, I'd like I'd like for him to step in and have a fight before that title fight. I I understand. I I know you selfishly want to see him again, and I I would too. I don't think there's any uh, need for him to do it. And, but I will say, if he is matched up against Rakic, I don't know. I don't know how that would go. Well, I, don't, I don't really want to see that one right it, now. It's also a, a thing of I, I don't want him to be rusty. You know, he's take, say he got to take off till September. I'd rather him get something in there, I'll stay he sharp. He's, he's a young guy. He's he's not even thirty yet. He's that's why I think he. I'm not saying he's like the future of the division, like he's going to be the next John Jones or something. But I don't know. The, when, when I look at him, I think he's going to be around a while. Uh, I think he is going to have a very fun career no matter what. I imagine, like, for whatever reason, the 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 guy who comes in my head, I'm not saying there's there's similar fighters or anything like that, but something about what I think he can bring to the cage reminds me of Chuck Liddell. Really? Yeah, they're they're completely different fighters. I'm not I'm I'm not trying to compare them as fighters. I think what it is, it's more that kind of like it's the hairstyle. Chuck hits Chuck hits so hard, Yuri hits hard, they they come to bang. They're always fun. I I just I kind of he see and he seems like somebody who you know could really go out on the shield at any point. And I think Chuck kind of had that feeling too. It, it was like, oh yeah, he's gonna finish somebody, but also he was like very killer killed. Okay, you know? so he came to you mean he he comes to fight? Yes, Chuck. Chuck yeah, Chuck always came to fight. Personality wise, very different. No, no, no. Chuck's I, like I a rock yeah, star. They're, they're not the same fighter. They're not the same personality. It's just there. There's something there that kind of makes me just like it. Just makes me think of Chuck Liddell, and I'm not. Yeah, it's it's a weird comparison. I know, and I'm not trying to compare them very strongly. They throw so. caution to the wind. That's kind of where I'm really getting yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I do words written down. I'm not. I'm not as good a speaker. <laughs> uh, words are hard. But where does where does this leave uh, Dominic Reyes now? Three straight losses, two KOs. I- his opponent. This one was a flat. Like this was a hard KO too. The last time when he lost to Jan, you know, he was stopped, but it wasn't like a violent, terrible stoppage like we sometimes see. This was horrible. Yeah, so I, I would, I think he's got two options. I say maybe have him fight Anthony Smith, who just came off that uh, light kick win, or have Jamal Hill step up. You know, give him a jump in competition and, and fight Reyes. Well, Jamal Hill, he's got a fight in June, I believe. Oh, he's booked. Yeah, I think he's already booked, so I don't think they would do anything. I mean, you you talk about somebody waiting for a fight. He would be waiting a long time for uh, Reyes to be even cleared medically. Yeah, that's true. Well, after that, we can fight him. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I like the trajectory of, of uh, Jamal Hill. I actually spoke to him for a story a couple of months back, and I haven't been able to run it yet because he got COVID and his fight was delayed. So eventually I'll have that out. But he, we had some interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah, darn, uh, darn COVID. F in COVID. But yeah, I I think uh, Anthony Smith. But I mean, that's also a scary matchup, too. But what do you think uh, as far as his long-term outlook for, for Reyes? Is he uh, like... He if he keeps getting KO'd like this, he's going to be like Chuck. Is he so, the type of fighter that you think has already kind of reached his peak? He's young. He's not He's not that old. He's 31 years old. He, I believe, is only six or seven years into his fight career. Which typically you don't even see fighters kind of reach their peak until you know like year eight nine ish. Right. Here's the thing: before his title shot, was his run all that impressive? He he. I mean his his win resume. He beat Ozdemir in a split, and I think you had Ozdemir winning, and he knocked out Chris Weidman, who in the years we know his chin is a lot. Gone. A lot of people so, have knocked him out. Yeah, but he did. I mean, in my opinion, he beat John Jones. I forget where I scored. I think I scored it th- thirty it, I different mean, ways. Regardless, so. whether you whether you thought he won it or not, he took it to John Jones, and there's I think even you could admit there's at least a case to be made for he, of Reyes to win that fight. But, so the fact that he did that, and and this was a year ago, he was still very you know he's still early in his career, more or less. You either have to respect that, or you have to kind of accept that John Jones may not be quite so uh, strong a. a a champion and top content, you know, not top contender, but a top fighter, top pound for pound fighter anymore. And you seem to be very sold on him that way. I'm sold on John Jones as the guy, but so you got to respect the win. Then or, I, or I, the, I, uh, res- the I respect there. his performance. I also think that's maybe the best we ever see. He, that might've been peak Reyes. He got, it there might be. and he might be, but I, I, I have to think he's got more in him. He really didn't you start hope? training fighting until, cause he, he played football, right? So he was a football player at um at Stony Brook over in Long Island. 
and you know he was trying to make the NFL. It didn't work out. He he kind of pivoted away from football. He really only started training in like 2012, 2013. So we're not talking about a guy who's even been training very long to be. A, I mean, he he wrestled growing up, but that was it. I I don't think it's physical. I think it's going to be mental. I guess so. I, I mean, his he confidence seems, there. He seems, so yeah. I mean, I spoke with him last week. I think he's somebody who is resilient enough. He he didn't like that he didn't perform against uh, Jan last year. That's kind of what he kept saying was he didn't, he didn't think he performed and that was what disappointed him. He didn't care as much about the result. I'm sure he cared about the result, but um, I think he performed well enough against Yuri here. He just wasn't better. He had that moments. He probably shouldn't have dove on that guillotine. Yeah, he made mistakes. Yeah, but I, I'm not ready to write him off. But I'm not writing him off. To, I just think yeah. he's got to get back in the wind column before we start talking about contendership again. Yeah, that's true. He's he's definitely got a long road. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's still capable of a uh, of a second run up to that title. We'll see for sure. And what about the uh, the co headliner? This was the fight I was jazzed up about, and it totally delivered. Uh, in in Giga Chikadze, finally getting that marquee win in a big spot by finish, basically silenced all the critiques that people have had against him over the past year. I mean, he sixty three seconds body kick yep. takes down Cub Swanson. I mean, Cub is durable as they come. Speaking of durable, Cub didn't even seem hurt. His body just shut down, and Cub's mind was like, "It's over. All right, yeah, nothing I can do now. This, no, yeah, this that, sucks. That's the way it works." Yeah. <laughs> Like sometimes you uh, see, you, like you see Stefan Bonner take that knee to the body from Anderson Silva, and he j- he's just in excruciating pain. Uh, and it's all last over his time face. Anderson Silva was really Anderson yeah. Silva. But uh, you know, you know what happened that night too? That was the night uh, Derek Jeter broke his ankle. <sighs> same night, Derek. I was at a sports bar watching, and both those things were on at the same time, and I saw that. And I was like, damn, I miss Derek Jeter. But uh, I know you do. Back to Giga, yeah, liver yeah. kick. That was awesome. Uh the Giga kick. I guess. I mean, like he supposedly kicks you with the balls of his toes and not the instep or or the uh, the top of the like or the ankle or the shin or whatever. I don't know. I don't know He's why unique. it's called a Giga kick. It's weird. It's, oh, I, I wonder why would why would Giga call it the Giga kick? But I'm saying, why is everyone else calling it the Giga kick? Is it because the way he lands it, or is it just a kick from Giga? I I think he's kind of got a, a, a kind of a branding behind his really. All right. Anyway, he called out Max and Cater. I wouldn't give him either guy. You wouldn't? I, I mean... I got no. I think there's only one fight that makes sense. What is that? And that's Arnold Allen. I think that's see, the I don't. Fight. I don't want all the, the guys on the come-up to go against each other. I'd but, rather see him go against someone who, who's a little more established. Someone someone like Cater, I think, actually does make sense. I know. I, he's going to be waiting. You see, Cater's not even recovered from the beating that's from true. Max. That's true. I, I am concerned about it, Cater. I mean, he'll, it, he'll come back when he's ready, and, and they'll let him. But I mean, Burgos and Barbosa... They're fighting each other, so maybe the winner of that you'd put him. The winner of that would be good, actually. I don't, I don't hate that. Uh, and you got Ige's booked versus uh, Korean Zombie in June, so probably, probably not anything to do with that one. The winner of either of them, I'm fine with it. See, so, yeah, a guy wins in 63 seconds. I'm like, just get him back in there next week. Well, that's what he's saying. He <laughs> wants to be the headliner next week. He actually said that. All right, um, I'm down for that. Yeah, see, he he's already winning you over. Well, no, I I, I got none against him. I, I like know the you guy, like them. I know. so I'm I'm good with him. Tough loss for Cub though. Yeah, I mean, well, at this point, he's uh, well, he he wasn't gonna be back in title contention. He just final run for him, like I I think he wise. enjoys the sport. So. I think he loves the sport, and I think I think uh, just as observationally, I haven't spoken to him, but and these were the only two uh, finishes we had of the evening, right? So kind of got that out of yeah. the way. No subs. Yep. Well, just we don't some... have to do a uh, favorite finish on yeah, this one. Just some awesome knockouts. We will have finishes to talk about later. We're gonna we'll get to a little bit of PFL kind of near the end of the show too. We can talk about that then. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think what we had because we had so many decisions. There was one fight that was ended by DQ in round one. Uh, that was Random Marcos getting disqualified for an upkick, uh, and uh, that one we don't need to say much more about that. But the the other seven fights, seven eight fights, how did would we have? I don't even know the number. Well, we got a lot of rounds to get to. We have a lot of rounds. We've got nine split rounds. I think a lot of these are going to kind of fly through just because not all of them require too much time. But uh, yeah, I think kind of let's let's start it off with uh, the most high profile fight of the night with split rounds here. And that was Jan Kutelaba on the main card against Dustin Jacoby. They had a split draw. Good old split draw. This is the type of fight that's perfect for our show, right? Yeah. Please don't run it back, though. 
No, 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 no need. Not every <laughs> so, draw needs to be settled. Just come move your own way. Yeah, move on. But uh, yeah, so I mean, we've got two rounds here. I mean, <laughs> anytime you have a split draw, it's almost always going to be something like this, right? So we got two rounds. Round one. Let's get to it. This is uh, the only 10-8-10-9 split we have of the evening, and that was with two judges, Dave Hagen and Rick Winter, giving Kutelaba the 10-9, and Tony Weeks continuing to be going against the narrative that he doesn't give out these 10-8s, just giving out 10-8s like candy now. <laughs> he gave the 10-8 to Kutelaba. As do did I. He, do you think he, like, word got to him that he doesn't give enough 10-8s, and he's like, you know what, F you guys, I'm giving out a bunch. No, I think maybe Tony Weeks is like, yeah, Dana White, I'll show you. I'm going to start giving all the 10-8s. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Which would be awesome if that was true. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, so you know, we're, we're talking about degree of uh, of win in this round. Dan, I, I really thought this was a pretty strong 10-8. And really good damage. I mean, those elbows were nasty. They were really yeah. mean, mean elbows. And, and D- Jacoby had no offense. Like maybe no offense, he kick got taken down ad nauseum. Uh, you know, Matt return type style, of course. But I mean, there's there's still a lot of grappling dominance going on there. Plus those nasty elbows. I I thought that there was enough there. Yeah. They're they're solid. I think it was good enough to go ten eight, and I did yeah. go ten eight. I mean, you know, I'm I'm certainly open to the argument as to why uh, the ten eight score was the minority score there. Um, but I, I just I, I watched this one and I was like, yeah, this is probably the most definitive 10-8 of the evening. And, and it, again, it was the only one that actually got a 10-8. Uh, and sure enough, only Tony Weeks. But we both saw this one as a 10-8, right? Yeah, I, I thought um, thought he had a good – his strikes were, were pushing towards finishing the fight. Yeah, so I agree. I, so. I, that's that's what you want to see. And they were I thought they were diminishing blows. Yeah, they, you know? they, were, they were hard. I think – at least in my uh, amateur assessment, that's what it looked like to me. So I'm a little disappointed that it didn't go to the 10-8. Um, again, not sure what uh, Judge Hagen or Judge Winter's reasoning would have been to just go to the 10-9. Maybe, it, again, it just kind of stems from, yeah, like you like you alluded to, Dana White, uh, when he said last uh, two months ago now. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're both on the 10-8 here, right? Yep, 10-8. So, because we agreed with the only judge to give the 10-8, what is this, Dan? Yeah, you better do it. Couchside override. <laughs> We're with you, Tony. But, round two. Round two, yeah. So, this one, this actually surprised me, because I when, when I scored this one, I thought round three was going to be the round that was closest that could have gone either way, and it ended up being round two was the one that was split. All three judges gave round three to Dustin Jacoby, uh, but round two here, two out of three. Uh, Hagen and Weeks, they gave this one to Jacoby, and Judge Winter gave it to Kutelaba round two. So what we have here, I don't think it was, I don't say it was wrong or surprising necessarily, but I just thought of the two, round three was going to be the one that was closer. Yeah, they were, they were very, they were both tight rounds. I think mm-hmm. this is, you know, Kutelaba is starting to gas a bit, and it's seen, and Jacoby's the one that's pushing the action a little bit. He, I think he landed the better strikes slightly. It was still a tight round because uh, when Kutalabe did throw and went forward, he was landing some pretty good ones as, as well. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I thought that Jacoby actually had it pretty solidly. Okay. It's, I, I, I thought it was pretty tight. So, but I, I went with, uh, your, I ended yeah. up going with Jacoby anyway, 10 9. All right. Yeah. So we're on the same page here, but, yep. but you know, I, I guess just different degrees of how close we came to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad score. From uh, Judge Winter here, I, I really don't. I just I thought it was solid enough. Um, I'm sure he can back it, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I I came away from this fight thinking that it really just should have been a draw. Like I I had a 28-28. Yeah, I thought 28-28 is the most accurate score. Mm-hmm. But I also thought I said I mean 30-26 would be a totally fine score. I thought for Kutelaba. Mm. Even though it wasn't representative of the fight, the it's, way it scored, I, I, I felt that's a defensible score. It probably is a defensible score. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, but also, is it, I, I wouldn't like it. I, I actually like it. It was one of those things that like, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. But also, if somebody turned that in and be like, I don't know, man, <laughs> especially with round two, that one kind of. Well, so I thought was round surprising. two was really tight. But, yeah, I just didn't think it was. And then much. I could also see 29-28 for Jacoby and be like, that's totally fair, too. But I, I do feel pretty strong about the 10-8, actually. I do. But I'm also in, in the with you. I think 28-28 is the best score. And 
even though it didn't end up being any sort of unanimous draw or anything like that, it was it was a split draw, so everybody was on the on you know different directions here. Uh, we it was it was actually you and I agreed with Tony Weeks' card because he was the draw, right? So uh, yeah, I, I think I think the fact that we got a draw, the result ended up being where it needed to be. Didn't get there the way you know I think in that I would have thought is ideal, but we got there. Is what yeah. It it was not the only split we had of the evening. We had two other split decisions uh, with winners on this occasion, right? Uh, on the prelims, we had Luana Carolina, who missed weight at uh, women's featherweight here. She got the split decision. Was it, it was feather or flyweight? What's that? Wasn't flyweight? Oh, did I say featherweight? Yeah, it's flyweight. Flyweight, yeah. It's flyweight. Now she missed by a couple pounds though. She wasn't she wasn't quite featherweight, but she missed by a few pounds. Um <laughs> it was it was 29 28th all the way. Uh although it was only round two. It was 29 28 all three cards, just you know, for different directions. Round two was the split here. Uh and what did you think of this one? I ended up scoring at 10 9 Carolina uh Carolina, but really close round. I mean, they didn't really do much. They did a lot of clinching and holding each other against the cage and kneeing very, each other. Very, very clinch out, yeah. Like, that was a, a majority of the round, and I thought Carolina did it better, but you can argue that Botello, she landed that elbow that split uh, Carolina's eyebrow. Yeah. So, I got no problem going either way here. Yeah, I can see the argument. I, You know, if you want to get that kind of immediate impactful damage, I think uh, it was Sal D'Amato who's had this one for Botello. Uh, whereas Junichiro, Camillo, and Hagen, they had it for Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, I think it's defensible to go uh, Botelio. I did see it for Carolina. I just thought she she landed a significantly higher volume of strikes. Right. They yeah. weren't they weren't incredibly impactful, but she's landing a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's really in. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's pretty much in just how much you assess the damage to the eye, and that is good damage. So I, you know. Sal has been judging fights for a little yeah, while, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he knows what he's doing. I, I'm sure he can defend that score, and, and I have no problem with it. Uh, but, I, again, I saw it for Carlina, just like you did. Yeah, no issue. The only other round we wanted to talk about here, though, this is this, just because it's judging and things like this come up. We had uh, all three judges saw the first round as 10-9, right? No, no drama there. I right. saw a 10-9. You saw a 10-9. They put the tweets up. During the broadcast, mine occasionally get up too, and sometimes I, I take heat for uh, scores that people think I'm on crack for. Uh, <laughs> I have the tweets to prove it. And <laughs> but uh, they put up a tweet from they put up a tweet from Combat Press's uh, Rob Tatum, who always scores the fights. He's always putting scores up. They put one up, and he said it was a 10-8, and that uh, Carlina had done nothing. Everyone saw this round for Battaglia, I should say. Uh, that Carolina had done nothing, so he gave it a 10-8. Bisping playfully says, you're wrong, you know? I 100% agree with Bisping. Yeah. That's why the why? pros didn't go 10-8, because there was no, it wasn't a 10-8. I get, I get the argument, Carolina did nothing, but Batelio made no attempts to finish the fight. Sure, she passed yeah. late in the round, but she didn't do anything. She even attacked like into an armbar position, but never even went for it. It's like she... She didn't try to finish the fight. You can't award someone a, a 10-8 when they don't try to finish the fight. I think this is a round where we could have gone 10-8.5 in our score. In our score? In, I mean, in the CSJ yeah, system. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how it would land on there. It'd probably be a very strong 10-9 for me. Maybe I, I think I could have understood a 10-8 there. I, I mean, especially because we have the fact that she did basically nothing, Carolina, which, you know, can can yeah, help I us mean, go in that direction. But to get back to the actual scoring, this is, you know, not our fantasy scoring here. Uh, <laughs> I think this is a round that, I mean, if it was going to be a 10-8 before Dana White kind of, you know, sent shockwaves through the uh, the officiating, regulating, judging community, a couple months back with with the uh, with the criticism of the 10-8 that was given out in the Blahovich and Israel Asanya fight, I think it's just something we're going to see even less of. Yeah, I, to be honest, even pre-Dana White comments, I don't think this would have gotten a 10-8. I'm not sure it would have. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think even more so. Now, anyone who thinks something like this should be potentially for 10-8, I think we need to start accepting the fact that it's not going to be. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah, that's what I mean, it looks like. It, it just we're not seeing. There's not a heavy amount of damage. You're gonna need the you know? damage portion. 
a heavy amount there. of it. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yep. It's just it needs to be able. You need to be able to say there's diminishing blows, and uh, we're just we're not seeing a ton of these. And, and AIDS given out anymore. And I I feel like that there's a state of flux going on with judging right now. Yeah, it, it, it's, I mean, even if you're not getting damage with strikes, you got to be attacking with subs. It is, you need a like, lot more than what we like, have here. This is, like, this is a 10-9. Like, for, if you're just going to go on, like, a damage without strikes, you look at uh, call, Charles Rosa versus uh, Bryce Mitchell. Like, he, yeah. he didn't land a ton of strikes, but he put him in a ton of subs. So, that's more one where you're going to see the 10 and not. Yeah, not I mean, that like kind this. of qualifies as, as damage because, you know, right. is, it, is it diminishing the but opponent? You know, but I'm saying yeah. damage not from strikes. Sure. No, I get you. I get you. Um, yeah, I, I just want to make sure we touched upon that. Just yeah. not, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to call out Rob Tatum. Me? But, I'm good. Uh, I'm just I, I didn't see it. So, yeah, no, I, I just think it's it's good to underline for anyone who does score at home. You know, any of my media brethren and, and, and uh, part of that fraternity and and. The men and women, I should say. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be inclusive because there are women who do it, like like Jillian Corsi, who we had on the show. Um, the point being, all of us need to understand the fact that it's it's almost going to be an exercise in futility to try to expect ten eights to be given out to even the same degree that we had last year. It just doesn't seem like that's happening anymore. It's yeah, they're they have slowed. So it is what it is. But moving on, we have one more split decision. Uh, this was also from the prelims. This was an awesome fight too, right? This uh, T.J. Probably- Brown. Getting the the split decision win over Kai Kamaka, two twenty nine twenty eight, and then a thirty twenty seven going the other way for Kamaka. Yeah, this was this was a fun fight. I hope they got some uh, extra money for it. I'm yeah. sure that they gave out. I think what Dana Dana White told me back in February it was something like like twenty five thousand is like the max roughly okay. that he'll give out for that kind of thing. Hopefully, both of these guys got at least that. You know, yeah. who knows? It's, that's all they they consider it gifts. The UFC considers it a gift. It's not necessarily something that you're deserving of. It's just if we want to give it to you, we'll give you a gift. So that is that is the way they treat it. Anyway, I'm not saying that's how it should be, but it is what it is. On to this fight, though. We had two split rounds, round one and round three, and they both came from the same. All the, all the judges were on the same sides of, of it each time here because Adelaide Bird gave each of those rounds to Kai Kamaka and Mike Bell and Saldamato. They had Brown in round one and round three. Let's start with round one, though. Where did you land? I ended up scoring it 10-9 for Kamaka. Mm-hmm. I thought he landed a bit harder. The feet On the feet, it was pretty even, really. What the, the difference for me was was the ground strikes when Kamaka was on top. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're getting edge. more like heavy lands from Kamaka than you are from Brown. I think you could probably make a case that Brown maybe landed a, a little more often, but I just didn't think it was to the same degree. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that's fair. I think Kamaka, I think he wins at 10-9. Close round. Yeah. Right? Very close. It was close. Uh, <laughs> this whole fight was really close. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I feel good here uh, giving it to Kamaka. Uh, and you do too. So you and I both sided with Adelaide Bird here, the the lone judge. What does that mean? Oh, we got a couchside override. Couchside override. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, Adelaide. That's right. This bird has joined the the Couchside Override Club. We should keep a we should keep a tally. Do we have a tally? Uh, well, I'm glad you you make mention of it on the outline, so then we can tally it. We can, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Every time I always put it in, in, in uh, all caps, <laughs> Couchside Override. <laughs> I'm not an all caps kind of guy, so when I do that, it's a big deal. Uh, <laughs> round three, though, were we also on the same page as uh, as Miss Bird here? I wasn't. Kamaka? No, I wasn't. Okay. I, I scored this one for Brown, 10-9. I thought he landed the stronger strikes. He had a good ankle lock attack, and he had a good deep Kimura attack. He got a knockdown. I didn't count as a knockdown, but Kamaka went down because he got punched in the face, even though he, he was, was on one leg. But depending on where your angle is, if you're cage side, maybe the judges kind of see that as a knockdown. It just depends on, on your point, perspective, your point of view, right? I, I Regardless, I think it was still a solid shot straight to the face. Yeah. And Kamaka had a great round also, but I thought it was more in Brown's favor. I agree. I'm with you. Uh, I sided with uh, the majority here, Bell Namato. Uh Is it a bad score to give it to Kamaka? Yes or no? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. He had, a, he had a good round himself. I just think Brown was, it was a close, I mean, it's like you said, this whole fight was close. It was. The ankle lock attack helped for Brown's case, which was kind of crazy to drum, drop back for one. And a little bit. End up on his back, but he attacked with a nice Kimura. That was strong. I agree. 
I agree with um, Paul Felder when he says he doesn't see a 30-27 because the fight doesn't feel like a 30-27. Yes. But you can get there. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's really all it is. It, the 30-27 on its own doesn't mean, well, this was a lopsided fight. It just means, hey, they won each round. Yep. Doesn't matter how much. Yeah. Could be by a lot. Not quite <laughs> up to a 10-8 or maybe to a, what we'd expect to be a 10-8. Uh, or it could be this, you know, it could be very close rounds yep. uh, and it is what it is. So yeah, I, I ended up, uh, with a 29, 28 for Kamaka. So did you, yep. um, it's unfortunate that he's in a, he's always in these close fights, these close decisions. We're always talking about Kamaka rounds. Uh, what he really needs to do is figure out how to stop guys. Yeah. But I mean, as long as he's in these firefights, he's going to be around. So he is, he's gonna, well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully not take too much damage along the yeah, way. Yeah, that's true too. But I mean, he's Hawaiian, right? They, yep. Eventually, it takes its toll. BJ these, these Hawaiians, they always—they're just—they're but... so ferocious in the cage. <laughs> jersey tough too. We 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 got our Jersey guys. That's true, Frankie. I, I, lo- I love how like every state has like its own kind of like saying. Well, maybe not every state. I don't know what you think of when you think of like I don't know. I don't know. When I think of Alaska fighters, I just think of Cody uh, McKenzie. Okay, <laughs> he, he was fun on the show. He had a sick guillotine. <laughs> you remember when he showed up wearing shorts he bought at like Walmart with a tag on him still hey. in the cage? <laughs> professional sport. This is a professional sport. <laughs> Good thing they have the the uniform. It's probably, I'll bet you stuff like that. It was and, and the the banana hammock that uh oh what's Dennis Haskins. Dennis. Uh, I was gonna say Dennis Haskins. I was like that's that's that saved by the name. bell guy, right? It's I think it's Dennis something. I believe it was Dennis Hallman, right? Dennis Hallman. That's I was close. It was an H for the fi- last name. It was. Uh, yeah, I bet that had a big thing because Dana was not very happy about that. And I hated that. Yeah, I think probably those two incidents probably led to them being like, we get, we got to stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they don't like the NASCAR feel either of it, but, you know, don't worry about it. Just don't look at the uh, at the mat with all of the NASCAR logos all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's all another conversation. Uh, we do have a few more rounds here, and we had, we had two rounds in a unanimous decision for Marab Dabalashvili over Cody Stamen. Two 29-28s and a 30-27, but it was, again, two rounds here. It wasn't that two judges gave one of the rounds the other way. It was it was two rounds where Stamen was always in the majority, in the minority there. A little surprising, but not terribly surprising, right? No, not really. I mean, what round, about round one? Let's start there because round one and round three are what we're talking about. Yeah, what do you say? Round one, I scored it for uh, Mirab. Fun back okay. and forth round. And it was kind of weird. Stamen was the one that was kind of doing the stalk, and, you know, Devosh really wasn't the one that was really pushing the pace for a majority of that round. But he uh, was landing I, the big rights. Yeah, he's still, I mean, it's, it's not like he's slowing the fight down. Oh, no, no, he wasn't slowing it, but it was weird seeing him being the one that was kind of fighting off his back foot a little bit. I guess a little bit. Um, Stamen hit him with a good shot, so. I can see maybe why, you know, they say hey, that's the most effective strike. You know, Marab's got hit pretty good. He acknowledged it. I think he I think he smiled and, and nodded at it. Oh, was that when he did the dirt off his shoulder? I can't remember which round that was. Oh, I, I don't you know, I don't even remember that at all. Oh, he did the they, oh, the did commentary he? even talked about that, oh, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Marab his right, his right hand was was landing a lot and mm. I I thought it was his round. I thought he did enough to cake it. Yeah, but it but it is a close round. Um, so I also sided with Devalish Uh Mike Bell, Sal D'Amato, they were on the same side as you and I. Rick Winter is in the mi- minority here for Stamen. Again, not crazy. Here's what it is. Yeah. Round three, again, another close round, right? Yeah, this was another close round. Um, but this is, Mirab started to pull away a little bit here in this round. For most of the fight, it was like Devalish was just a little bit ahead of a Stamen and Stamen was keeping pace. This is where I thought Stamen started to slow down a bit. Mirab started to pull away in the striking, landing good combos, and, and Stamen just couldn't really match the offensive output. I think Stamen won the grappling of this round, but yes, I, don't think, did. I don't think it was all that effective grappling. So I think it was pretty clear for, for Mirab in this round. Yeah, I feel good about uh, really here. I don't think it's crazy. For uh, th- and this and this time it was actually Sal D'Amato who's in the minority with uh, Bell and Winter seeing it for Devalish really. Uh I don't think it's crazy to go the other way too because damn we're talking about really close rounds and I I do think that and not that you'd score it because of this but I think the reason we saw some more kind of relative success from Stamen was just the fact that he was actually willing to like you said push it forward 
trying to put him on the back foot, something we don't always really see against Mirab done very effectively, you know? Yeah, usually not. And, and the people that do try it, they're going to they're gonna gas hard for the most that'll part. Be, so. That'll be interesting to see what we kind of get uh, as now Devalish really because he gets the win here, what some of these upper echelon Bantamweights are going to be able to do to him. Did Someone was calling for Devalishvili versus Frankie Edgar. What do you feel about that? No, I don't like it. See, I I, I don't mind it for the reason I don't think Devalishvili is going to hurt Frankie. I don't think he's a knockout threat. I'm not trying to protect so, Frankie Edgar. He's a grown but, man. But. Uh, no, I get it. But I'm saying, like, I don't want to see Frankie get hurt. <laughs> so that's why, that's why I like <laughs> So it. what you're saying is yeah. you're trying to protect him. I'm trying to protect him. Okay, okay. Be- for my love for Frankie Edgar. Right, I understand. I mean, look, he, he took a really nasty knockout against uh, Corey Sanhagen, and I did not like seeing that one either. And it's something that does uh, worry me about his long-term future because he's been in some wars, like you said. I personally, I really just hope he actually comes to the decision to be like, you know what? I think maybe I'm close to, to stepping away. But he just when I spoke to him before that fight, he didn't seem remotely ready. But but, so. but truly, the reason I wanted to see it, I wanted to see how both these guys can push each other cardio wise since they're both okay. both in that, you know, upper that, that would be interesting. Cardio. So, you know, it's funny. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I actually I could see this being a very interesting fight and a very interesting challenge for each man. And so let's do it. Let's sign it now. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, because we have the power. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. No one listens to us. <laughs> they should, though. <laughs> oh, they should, obviously, because we have the best ideas. Anyway, we got two more rounds here. We, we, we're, we're, I think we're moving along okay, but we got to kind of wrap it up with these couple rounds here. And these were uh, rounds in separate fights that did not have an actual impact on the result here. But the first of this, I actually have just a little bit of beef with, too. And that is the first round of Sean Strickland's decision win over Christoph Jocko. He got two 30-27s and a 29-28. So round one here, two out of three, Sal D'Amato and Junichiro Camillo, they gave it to Strickland. And it was Adelaide Bird who gave this one to Jocko. I did not like this one to go to Jocko at all. This is this is definitely one of the rounds that kind of at the UFC level, I just don't see very often where I start to actually be like, no, I don't like that at all. I can kind of understand a lot of ways. This one, Strickland really won this round. He he took it to, he took it. I mean, even he was just following around Jocko the whole time, right? He's just kind of walking after him rather than trying to cut off. But the whole time, whenever he's landing, he's landing hard. I And more often. I agree. Bad score. This is a, I mean, Jocko lands a couple lefts early in the fight and mm. that back elbow thing that he threw. But other than that, no, like. He, he didn't land anything much after that. Strickland was landing some big shots. Huge shots. Yeah. And, and, and often, I think you're right. So. The, the early part of the round, Jocko is most definitely winning because yeah, even though he's fighting off his back foot, he's he's landing. And, and, and yeah, like I said, Strickland's kind of just following. But eventually he catches up to him and, and he's he's really hurt Jocko here. I don't really understand why this round went the other way. Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit of a head scratch. I, I, I think I think Strickland won this one clearly. Yeah. Like not even close, but clear. I think it's just clear. Yeah. I think this is a pretty clear round. This one, this was, like I said, the most, I think this is the most surprising round we've had probably in the last several events, maybe even more um, from the UFC anyway. Um, not trying to pick on Adelaide Bird, who of course has, you know, come under, uh, <laughs> she always takes the brunt of, of fans criticisms, but hey, like, you know, I said, we agreed with her earlier. We, we were, uh, we were in support of her earlier, but this one, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I just don't. Yeah, me neither. Fortunately, it didn't matter because the other two rounds were scored definitively for Strickland. Strickland got the win. Moving on. Not that big a deal in the grand scheme, but you hate to see a round like this. Mm-hmm. The final fight, early on in the night, we had a decision. Andreas Mikhailidis getting the win over Katie Buller. 30-27 times two in a 29-28. Round three, a round that basically didn't mean anything because it was on Buller to finish the fight. He did get the round on one scorecard, the other two going to Mikhailidis. Uh, what did you see here in round three? Yeah, I, I went with, uh, how do you say, Mikhailidis? Mikhailidis. Mikhailidis. I, uh, I scored it for him. I thought he landed the meaningful strikes of the round. He attacked the head. But a lot of, I can I see an argument for him. I think he was just, okay. but he was just touching the leg the whole round. It, it, he wasn't, uh, he had to know he was down, needed to go for a finish. I didn't think they were the most effective leg kicks. But, I mean, it, he didn't seem like he was fighting to finish. Honestly, and... I don't have a lot to add about this round. It was kind of a nothing burger of a round because Mikhailidis is cruising. 
And Buhler is not really making any sort of effort to actually try and win the round that he most definitely needed to finish the fight in. So, you know, it's hard for me to go crazy on uh, Eric alone, who gave this one to Bular, uh, Rick Winter and Tony Weeks. I saw it the same way as them for Mikhailidis and you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this this yeah. round really didn't mean anything. It seemed like Bular wanted, was working on his leg kicks in a, in a sparring session. That's what it really seemed like. But hey, I don't know. <laughs> It's funny, you sound about as indifferent to this round as as both of these fighters did to this round. Really, well, yeah, Michaelitis is just, like you said, cruising, and that's it, so. Yeah, it is what it is, and and we're moving on. They got the right result. That's it. Uh, And again, we don't have any finishes to talk about from this, because we already talked about that at nauseam at the top of the show. Uh, Why don't we uh, just do a little bit on PFL here? I don't think we have any, not that we don't have any rounds to discuss from PFL, uh, but honestly, it's just... I think we had enough from UFC, so we don't need to go crazy into the PFL rounds, which I should mention only eight rounds were scored out of the eight fights at PFL. Yeah, different from last week. And four of them were dissented rounds. And every time uh, Judge Muna Holland, former fighter, uh, she was in the minority there. So, yeah, we don't have to break it down. But it's just kind of pointing out the fact that, yes, half of the time the rounds were split and it was from Judge Holland, uh, who has who has judged for years. Uh, like I said, she used to be a fighter. She's fought. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Dan. She's fought at Bellator. She's fought uh, Invicta. All right. Her last fight was actually a uh, a loss to Nina Nunez. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. She's She's got some some uh, she's got a good resume as a fighter. You like that? Mm hmm. Yeah, and and actually, it just kind of reminds me of the fact that New Jersey routinely licenses former fighters to be officials, referees, judges. Uh, we've seen Shaolin, Vitor Vero. Yeah. He's doing He's refereeing referee. at, at these PFL events, and he, that's great. He refereed at an event in Parsippany, an amateur MMA fight that I was attending. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was wild. I was like, ah. I used to walk by his gym a lot in the city. You should have went in. Like, Man, I, I know. That's exactly what I said every time. But I was always <laughs> hanging out with my wife when, when we were still dating. We just used to walk around the city. And I'm like, I just want to go up there and do that. But, you know, <laughs> I was hanging out with my future wife. So, uh, I mean, I guess I made the right call. Yeah. yeah I think you did. <laughs> I made the right call, Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, let's yeah, let's talk about PFL, uh, PFL two. It was the welterweights and the light heavyweights. Let's start with the uh, the welterweights. Who impressed you the most? I thought Rory was great, but I also I thought he it was Rory such McDonald. a yeah, it was just such a mismatch. It was a total. I don't say it was a squash match or anything like that. Uh, you know, this was put together on a couple weeks' notice because original opponent David Mashad, his career is now it would seem over after they detected the the heart condition that we spoke about. Um, which is unfortunate. That would have been a much different fight because it was a much different challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone with a lot of grappling as opposed to Curtis Millinder, you know, more of a striker kickboxer who, you know, is not known for his grappling. And we kind of saw that on display with the first round sub. He he made Rory work, though, for that takedown. He did. He did. So, uh, I mean, no question. It was there was resistance there. But I mean, eventually he was going down. What came of it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> You got to take it down eventually. How, how much better is it that he put up a fight before he was taken down and then submitted? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, and the other one, too. I mean, what did you think of Ray Cooper the third? Obviously, this is and I, I don't think this was a marquee matchup here either against Jason Pone. Uh, but another first round finish. So they each got six points. Yeah. Uh, Ray Cooper. Solid attack. Solid, uh, solid performance. Arm triangle win. Uh, yep. We maybe, said all that. Maybe we're going to see. <laughs> Cooper versus McDonald's final. I imagine they're going to keep them away from each other in the next event, and they will probably end up being on opposite sides, barring what happens in uh, in the next event. Well, wh- if they end up as the top two seeds, yes, they won't meet until the final. How does how does Should they win? How does season are, are the matchups made pre like okay? So NFL starts their season. Everyone knows when they're fighting or when they're playing right. against each other. Does it work like that for the PFL? No, they don't know who they're fighting each time. But uh, they know when they're fighting. They, they, I mean, obviously, they have that determined at least. So, like, Rory McDonald, he told me the other day that he really liked the fact that his schedule was at least set. He knew, okay, I'm going to fight this date, this date, this date, and this date. Um, something he didn't have with Bellator. He, he said that they were kind of like, here, you're going to fight here. And they kind of sprung it on him. Didn't really like that when he was in the Bellator Grand Prix. But, no, he doesn't know who it's going to be. See, I, I think I... 
I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation because there's only two fights. You want to make sure everyone kind of is set up, I guess, to have the best chance possible. I don't know how they but, match make. Um, I'm sure they have their their ways of doing it. Uh, but you would have to think that they will be kept away from each other on purpose because, I mean, look, they're trying to build something right. through the season. Yeah. I can't say I fault them. This is this is how you match make, you know, in, in MMA They're They want to be a league. They want people to think of them as a league and not a promotion. But at heart, they're still going to book their fights in the same way that any MMA promotion would. Do you think when they they start getting a little traction, world's a bit more normal that the oh we're 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 past this pandemic yeah and where you know your season's not starting in april and ending in october do you that's kind of typical of what they've done in the past anyway oh is it i would say but no but i'm saying they don't start in january but i'm saying they start roughly around this time i'm saying once they start getting traction and they get a Mm -hmm. following maybe in with their their competitor a legit ufc or a a legit competitor in the mma space okay that they make the regular season a bit longer I don't know how much longer they would want to make it. Um, I mean, I guess in theory they could start it back in January, but like, like realistically, they, their final has been on December 31st each year. So, I mean, what are they going to do? Say, okay, you won, and then all right, we're back at it in February. They're not going to do that. I think they like having an off season for their fighters and to be able to set up the next season. But it brings me back to a point where where you made a couple weeks ago that minus one point for missing weight. He's basically why should he even bother? fighting unless his purse money is decent oh he, it's true he, he can't win yeah. so if you add one extra fight for the regular season that could help i mean someone say they have an off night and then, then they come back a ball fire in the next two fights they they got a shot i i see what you're saying it's, it's a tough situation though um i don't know i i feel like they do need to fix it i don't have the answer all right and i don't know that you're gonna be able to get another fight in there unless Let's say, because I think the way that they've done in the past, right? They they do their two events in, you know, spring into summer, right? Mm-hmm. And then they take a few months off. They did it in October, those previous seasons. And then they do it again, the final back again, the end of the end of December, the last day of the year. Um, I think they like having the cadence where, okay, you have these two fights that are close together. Then you've got a little bit of time to prepare for your semifinal. Then you've got a little bit of time to prepare for the final. They don't want to keep them too close together i think they really want to make sure that their two best fighters really do go against each other and Mm. if you start pushing it too late in the year let's say someone gets hurt medically suspended these kind of things it throws everything off and i don't think they want that that's part of the reason why in past years they used to have a one night sort of tournament they could do two fights in that where it's now just the semifinals they used to have eight fighters go on to that and they would fight two times in one night i remember it was only one round fight though was that the first fight was only one round, right? I I could have swore it was a two round. Okay, but I actually I it's it's escaping me at the moment. Let me I can look that up real quick. Yeah, Dan, they're two round fights in the early portion, and then they move on to, to for a three round fight. So that way they at max compete in five rounds in a night. I believe that's kind of a commission thing. Okay, what if it's tied like nineteen they, nineteen? If it's tied nineteen nineteen, I'm not exactly sure what they do. I don't actually know what the the rules were. I mean, they got rid of that for a reason. I think the reason was to preserve the athletes. Um, well, yeah, you some of them really mean, like it. Uh, my understanding was some athletes really liked it, and then some fighters were like, "Nah, I, I, I really that that's not ideal for me here." So, and I understand that. And personally, I don't look. If it was UFC one, fine, but like we're not doing UFC one anymore. Lots changed. I kind of just want them to have one fight in a night. Yeah, that's fine. And also, if they did have situations where somebody won earlier in the night, but even though they won, they weren't you know medically fit to continue to fight in the next one. So then you got to put somebody in. Obviously, we used to see that with like pride and these kind of things. So it it doesn't it's not ideal. I just don't think it's ideal. All right, but have you, you want the best guys, right? You best best guys, them. best women should be able to go on and win. Yeah, you do want the best fighter to win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we should talk real quick too before we kind of get out of here. Light heavyweight. What do you think of that? I, I, Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, guillotine sub over Tom Lawler. That was awesome because he DDT'd him first. <laughs> and that was, I was like, Tom Lawler comes from professional wrestling. Well, he comes from MMA, but he was a professional wrestler after. He still is, I think. Oh, okay. Well, so, I believe he does. Yeah, he uh, performs in Japan. Okay, so he took a DDT and then got choked out. <laughs> so I really like that finish. And uh, Cesar Ferre, that seemed like a total mismatch, this, that fight. 
Yeah, versus he just Nick. Him. Thirty-seven. Seconds. I mean, Muchanch doesn't even finish guys like that. He he really thirty-seven seconds. Nuts. Yeah, that was that was a sick knockout. And, and those this, guys uh, both both first else, rounds. What's some, that? Someone else in the light heavyweight division finished an arm triangle inside someone's guard, which was ridiculous. <laughs> I do not know the name of the fighter who did that, but that is a ridiculous squeeze to win that way. Oh, about Martin Hamlet. Yes, he must be super strong. To finish someone that way. He looked pretty strong. So that was awesome. He only got five points because that was round two. So he's technically in third place in their standings. Uh, Emiliano Sordi, he picked up the three points, getting kind of a kind of a forgettable, boring decision, right? Not not the most interesting of fight. I mean, we've had worse fights, but I, I didn't enjoy that one anyway. Um, and that one, uh, so he got three points. Yeah. And then Jordan Young, he was supposed to compete uh, on this card as well against uh, Askar Mozarov, but uh, Mozarov had to be withdrawn, so he picked up three points from a walkover win. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the way it works. Is if if your opponent can't make it there and you're already fine, it's you know you get the win. And then two guys got one point, right, for a no contest. Yes, that is how it works. You get one point for a no contest, but that was on the welterweight. That was one welterweight, yeah. Yes, that was a uh, Sabadu Sai or Sadibu. I'm um, excuse me. Transcribe, transposing those letters there again, and uh, Nikolai Aksakin. Nasty eye poke. Yeah. But do you know what the, what's the tiebreaker if two guys are in, are in fourth and fifth place with the same amount of points? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, I know all the tiebreakers are listed on the PFL's website. They have like a whole like rule book that you can just PDF pull up. Yeah, I'll do that later. You will. We're not going to talk about it on this show. I think let's, let's kind of let everybody go, right? Yeah, guys, stop listening to us. <laughs> it's over. We finished. Yeah, for real. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show and all the myriad rounds that we discussed uh, from an entertaining car, but a lot of rounds, right? Yeah, lots of rounds. Uh, we probably won't have that many this weekend, but we might because we got Oh, we, we, we've got events. three shows to talk about. So. we got PFL, Bellator, <laughs> and UFC in succession Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be wild. Yeah. Let's finish these fights, gentlemen and ladies. Do it like PFL did on uh, on last Thursday. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening.